All right, welcome to this episode of Come Follow Me, Disciples Journey. This episode, we're going to talk about section 67. Um, so, section 67, the W.W. Phelps is charged with setting up a printing press um, back in July of 1831. Uh, this was, we studied this, I think, section 57. So this is kind of a follow-up to this. This is November of 1831. It's the beginning of a conference in Hiram, Ohio, with uh, Joseph and Sidney Rigdon and, and several of the other elders or leaders of the church. And so the, the work of the publication of the Doctrine and Covenants, Book of Commandments, had already begun um, in terms of they had started to compile these things, and W.W. Phelps had started his uh, progress on this. So when they came together, they're still there discussing this, and the Lord minces no words in testifying of the truthfulness of the, of these revelations that they came from him. He says, And now I, the Lord, give unto you a testimony of the truth of these commandments which are lying before you. Is there a greater witness than you can have from God? Like, here's God saying, here's my testimony. You know, what is a testimony? What do we say when we scope and we say, I have a testimony? of What are we trying to say? We're trying to say that I know that something is true, right? Like, can there be any other greater witness of what is true than from God? Um, by the way, the answer is no. So, he testifies of it. He says... He approves of it. He's going to then, you know, I mentioned in the introductory episode, give the revelation for that we have as section one of the Doctrine and Covenants. Section 67 and 70, especially this week, are, are tied together. The, the whole, you know, the four sections we're going to study are during November at this the time of this conference. But sections 67 and 70 are really pretty closely tied together. Um so in that, they are explicitly talking about the Book of Commandments and the Doctrine and Covenants, the publication, then that work. One of the issues at hand here in section 67 is that at least one of the brethren had an issue with the revelations with the, that they were going to be publishing. Particularly, he had an issue with the language that was used and uh, because the Lord spoke to Joseph Smith, which means that uh, the words came out as how Joseph understood them, because the Lord speaks to us in a way that we understand. And so it was in Joseph's language. Um, and so if we flash back to section 66, we remember we read about William E. McClellan. That's the, the person who had an issue. He was pretty edu- very well educated. He is a teacher, had gone around the country and had been a successful teacher, was you know just highly educated. And so the Lord in section 67 um, challenges. He says, hey, look, get the wisest person among you to try to duplicate the the weakest, the least of these commandments. See if he can do it. And from the history of the church, we have uh, how that went. Not all those present uh, at the conference fully approved of the revelations. One at least questioned the language of them. William e., William e. McClellan. The challenge was answered in a revelation. McClellan who was in the words of the prophet, had more learning than sense, endeavored to write a commandment like unto one of the least of the lords. McClellan had taught school rather successfully in five states of the Union and had acquired considerable learning. His attempt to write a revelation was a miserable failure. Joseph Smith said, 
It was an awful responsibility to write in the name of the Lord. The elders and all present that witnessed this vain attempt of a man to imitate the language of Jesus Christ renewed their uh, imita- imit- imitate. Uh, sorry, imitate. Hang on. Back up. Skipped like a line here. It was an awful responsibility to write in the name of the Lord. The elders and all present that witnessed this vain attempt of the, of a man to imitate the language of Jesus Christ renewed their faith in the fullness of the gospel and in the truth of the commandments and revelations which the Lord had given to the church through my my instrumentality. After the conference adjourned, Joseph arranged the, revela- arranged the revelations and Oliver Cowdery and John Wimmer carried them to Independence for William W. Phelps to print. And so we're going to get more about them carrying it. That's kind of section, a bit of section 70 and later on. Um, but that's what happened. W. Uh, William McClellan tries to write it. Total failure. Um, side note here, if you recall the end of section 66, uh, William McClellan is warned about sexual sin and about, uh, adultery and, um, specifically seek not to be cumbered, uh, for sake, all the right unrighteousness, commit not adultery. That's what the Lord said to him. So actually in, in my studies this week, I let, read a little bit more about William McClellan um, and found out that he was, he did leave the church and one of the sins that led him away from the church was adultery. So the Lord seemed to know this man's heart and was giving him some warning in advance that he did not heed. Uh, I, anyway, just thought that was an interesting, uh, little nugget that I came across, uh, this week that, you know, the Lord knows us. If we will ask him with a sincere heart, He'll tell us what we lack and what things to be aware of and things that we should, uh, work to improve and avoid and what, you know, what lack I yet, he'll tell us. And he told William McClellan and, uh, that was not heeded. So just a couple of other notes about section 67. Verses 3 and 14, there's a, a blessing that was not received that's kind of alluded to. And, we're not quite sure what that is, but uh, perhaps the elders there had expected some miraculous manifestation. They they came seeking, you know, thinking that oh, hey, look, Joseph seen angels, other people have seen angels and seen visions. You know, maybe in receiving a revelation about the truthfulness of the Book of Commandments and these revelations, the Lord will do the same for us. And that wasn't the case. So, um, whatever it was, some of them failed to receive what they expected. And that's clear based on the, the language in the this in this section. Um, and in verse fourteen, it says, "Let not your minds turn back, and when you are worthy in mine own due time, you shall see and know that what that which was conferred upon you by the hands of my servant Joseph." And verse three says, "Ye have endeavored to believe that you should receive the blessing which was offered unto you, but behold, verily I say unto you, there were fears in your hearts." So why didn't they receive that? Why didn't they receive whatever whatever they were expecting that they didn't get? Why didn't they? Because their fear, because of a lack of faith. Uh, and when as I studied this this week, what I thought was we need to be open to receiving revelation in the Lord's way, not and not in the way that we expect or demand, or that we require, but in the Lord's way. And the Lord's way, as Isaiah teaches us, is not our way. Our thoughts are not His thoughts. Even as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are the Lord's ways higher than man's. 
So we need to just be open and have faith that the Lord will reveal to us the things that need to be revealed, but that they'll be in his way. And so if we're open, we will uh, be more readily able to see the miracles and see those revelations. Verses 10 through 13, you shall see me and know that I am. One of the most amazing things about the restored gospel is that the heavens aren't sealed, that we can receive revelation. Um, the, the, this dispensation is predicated and built on the fact that Joseph Smith saw God, the Father, and Jesus Christ in the sacred grove. But what we're taught, one of the things we're taught throughout the Doctrine and Covenants, to these, and I think this is one of the ways I, I talked about in the introductory episode, that, you know, these, these revelations are not just for these people that are mentioned and named. But one thing we can learn is that look how similar some of these, the revelations are to these people who are named. They're very similar. And so if it's true for that guy and for that guy and for that guy, then maybe it's true for us. If he can receive revelation, if he's called to serve, if he can be worthy and he can be worthy and she can be worthy and she can do this, then, then we can too. And so one of the things we learned from the Doctrine of Covenants is the privilege of Receiving revelation, seeing Christ, knowing him, is not just for the prophet. It's for anyone that's willing to pay the price required for personal righteousness. It's for anyone who's willing to pay the price for priesthood power, as President Nelson said, or to pay the price for personal revelation, as President Nelson has said. Open to anyone. Joseph Smith taught, after a person has faith in Christ, repents of his sins, and is baptized for the remission of his sins, and receives the Holy Ghost, which is the first comforter, then let him continue to humble himself before God, hungering and thirsting after after righteousness, and living by every word of God. And the Lord will soon say unto him, Son, thou shalt be, be exalted. When the Lord has thoroughly proved him, and has and finds that the man is determined to serve him at all hazards, then the man will find his calling and his election made sure. Then it will be his privilege to receive the other comforter, which the Lord has promised the saints, as recorded in the testimony of John in the 14th chapter. Now, what is this other comforter? It is no more or less than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And this is the sum of and substance of the whole matter, that when any man obtains this last comforter, he will have the personage of Jesus Christ to attend him, or appear unto him from time to time, and he and even he will manifest the Father unto him. And they will take up their abode with him, and the visions of heaven will be opened unto him, and the Lord will teach him face to face, and he may have a perfect knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. And this is the state and the place the ancient saints arrived at when they had such glorious visions. Isaiah, Ezekiel, John upon the Isle of Patmos, Paul in the three heavens, and all the saints who held communion with, this, uh, with the general assembly and church of the firstborn. So who was that open to? Everyone. Any man. It says, he started by saying, after a person, any person. But one thing that stood out to me is this. It's after when the Lord has thoroughly proved him and finds that the man is determined to serve him at all hazards. Then do these things start to happen. Now we're going to get a glimpse of those things during our tribulation, during our trials. But my thought that I, you know, it can be maybe, it's that's a really hopeful thought that Joseph shared, but it can also maybe be a little daunting. It could be maybe be a little discouraging because you might think, well, I haven't had those revelations and visions and I don't have, you know what? Stay faithful. Because it's after the trial of your faith that these happen. And maybe the trial of your faith is the majority of your life or your whole mortal life. But we can't get hung up on 
thinking that it's all about mortality because mortality is just a small, tiny, infinitesimal piece of our existence. And so, hold out faithful. The Lord will give us, you give you little nuggets. The Lord will give you the comforter, which it, and uh, we're going to read about in the next little few, I don't know, 20 or so sections that the comforter is the promise of eternal life. And we, we receive this comforter little by little here on earth, not to the fullness, maybe. And so, maybe not these full things, but maybe these full visions and revelations, maybe. And so, what we have to do is remain faithful so that we can prove to the Lord that we will are determined to serve him at all hazards. And that's where I am in my life. I am at a place where I feel like the Lord is just continuing to try me and put me through these hazards. And some days are easier than others, but some days are really hard and it's just a matter of, of getting up and choosing. You know, my son the other day asked uh, my wife, what's the most important? He's seven. He said, mom, what's the most important choice you'll make in life? And uh, my wife said, to be happier, to be miserable. And then we talked about it some more and basically said, what that means is, are you going to choose Jesus or are you going to choose Satan? And my son said, I'm going to choose Jesus. And I said, that's great. But the the choice, that choice, that toughest choice that you have to make, you have to make it every day, every day, every day, until the Lord, uh, until you've proven to the Lord that you will serve Him at all hazards. We didn't say that part to my son, but you get the point. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you join me in the next episode as we continue studying the Doctrine and Covenants together. Thank you.